Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. It's time for the match preview with me, Andrew Musgrove and John Gibson. Just got back from London, found John waiting out on the doorstep for me. We were down in the capital. The podcast was nominated in the publisher podcast, uh, the best sport category. Unfortunately, we didn't win, uh, but to be nominated was a fantastic, lovely night in London amongst some uh, very high flyers of the podcasting world. So we just want to thank you guys for listening, for subscribing, for emailing your questions in, for tweeting. Um, I get lots of comments, John from people about your phrases and catchphrases and I think the next right. tweet yes the like etc the way you say etc yeah well it's it's the lisp I have you know <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we just want to say thank you to you guys for supporting the podcast and we will endeavour to continue to bring you all your Newcastle United news through this very podcast we are here to preview Liverpool's visit to St James's Park it's a big one John uh, I last week said that Newcastle shouldn't fear anybody I still yep. am on that uh, wave of thought. Of course, it is Liverpool. They're going for four trophies this season. They've won one. They're still in a shout for the other three. They got a good lead in the Champions League semi-final, beating Villarreal on Wednesday evening. And, and I guess that's where we'll start, John. In many ways, mm. we were probably hoping that Liverpool would have drawn Real Madrid or Manchester City. No disrespect to Villarreal, but a team that would have given them a bit more of a, a, a competition, a bit more of a game, because I don't know about you, the game, the highlights that I saw, the stats, yeah. it wasn't very testing, I didn't think. No, I don't think it was. I mean, what we would have wanted, ideally, even if it was Villarreal, was Liverpool to be away. So they had to come home at the end of it all and add to their, their uh, travelling, etc., etc. That would have been ideal for us. But... Um, no, I mean, you were saying uh, you believed in it. You're quite right that Newcastle should be not be afraid of anyone, not fear anyone. That is absolutely true. That doesn't mean they're going to beat everyone, but they, sh- they have earned the right not to be in fear of anyone because they have proved themselves in 2022 to be exceptional. In fact, the only team that's got more points than they have in 2022 is Liverpool. So theoretically, the best two sides in the champion, in the Premier League are meeting each other on, on Saturday. They've got 38 points and we've taken 32. And that's fact. It's not a matter of, uh, it's not a matter of opinion in any way. So Newcastle have earned the right to play Liverpool on an even playing field. The problem is that Liverpool and Man City, the next game, are probably the best two club sides in the world, never mind Europe, in the world. And therefore, it is one heck of a test. They are what we want to be and what we could well be in a few seasons' time. There's no question about that. But you've got to be realistic. 
Been biased, non biased, no biased, because not only do we work up here, but when Newcastle United support us from, from the cradle, doesn't mean that you think that Newcastle will beat every side the player by six clear goals every time. And this is a stepping stone, and it is a tough one, and so is the next one. But they've got no reason to fear them, and they can go in with their heads held high, very high. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to seeing Newcastle go up against a top team and not just wanting to make the numbers up. For too long, Newcastle, especially under the, the previous manager, they just rocked up to these big games and you always felt that it was... Oh, you sure. know, keep, it was keep damage limitation, yeah, Exactly, it? and I don't think you get that with Eddie Howe in any game, especially against the top teams. He wants to make sure his team try their best to match the top sides and you get the feeling he would have watched yesterday's game against Villarreal and be analysing every little bit of it and, and you know it probably might have not told him anything different because I'm sure he'd already done plenty of homework on Liverpool mm. but that's mm. the kind of you know that's what he brings to, to the Newcastle United dugout just the, the, the level of detail Sure uh, oh there's no question and I don't think we had that level of detail in the previous management um, and that's a huge plus for Newcastle United of course because you're in the process of building you're going to have the odd off day. And we've got to hope it's not this one. Um, we had it when we played Spurs. We only had it for 45 minutes. It was quite amazing, isn't it? When it was 5-1, it, it, the first half was fine. Uh, it was the second half. And therefore, those sort of days can happen. And if you've got Kane and Song, and Kane was the provider that day, and Song, the finisher, you can get done. These have got five of them. They had the original three up front, and then you had uh, Diaz and uh, Jota. And we haven't even mentioned Rigo, who beat uh, Everton, as he always does. Uh, So they've got five and a half. So they can can always catch you, and you can have a five-one day. But no, Newcastle have earned the right to play them on a level playing field. Uh, But how good are they? I mean, you said they're going for the quadruple, for goodness sake. Now they may only end up winning the one they've already got. But it tells you the quality of the side that they're in for four. And they're in right to death. I mean, they're in the FA Cup final. They're virtually in the Champions League final. They're, they're second in the league to Man City at the moment. They're in the, the, the shake-up for all four right at the death, which is, of course, Manchester City on because they got beat by Liverpool in the Cup. Uh, it is a, quite a phenomenon. And they're now talking on Merseyside, Andrew, just about, you know, what is the is this the best Liverpool side ever? And when you look at their history, that is, in all the European Cup wins, that is some statement to make. It's quite the claim. And Rio Ferdinand described Liverpool as, well, he said many nice things about them on BT Sport, but one of the lines I did pick up on was that they are relentless without the ball. They press the opposition. Sure. And Newcastle, obviously, they're going to have to be at the top of their game. But I'm just wondering how you how you think Liverpool's approach to games, being relentless without the ball, plays into how Newcastle might, might play this Saturday. Mm. It, it is interesting. And the funny thing is, you know, that uh, Liverpool haven't always played that way, but they've played that way before. In bygone days... They used to call it defending from the front. They didn't call it a high press. That's a modern term, the high press. But they call it defending from the front. And the best at that in the game, bar none, was Ian Rush. He was the best for when Liverpool didn't have the ball 
pressing high right from the centre forward position uh, and, and it was called defending from the front and Liverpool were masters of that then and swarmed round behind Rush, won the ball back and had all the great players. The interesting thing for me is that um, is this side going to end up as being the greatest Liverpool side ever? And if so, the side that is seen now as the greatest Liverpool side ever is the 1977 side, which was the Bob Paisley side from up here that won the first European Cup. Now, six of that side, and one of them was subs, so seven, played in Supermax debut game in 71 in Newcastle when Supermax scored a hat-trick against Liverpool. He'll be sitting next to me at the game on Saturday. I wish he was out in the front. What we'd give for a centre-forward like Supermax. I mean, people forget how good, that was the beginning of the 70s, how good that Liverpool side were. It was the next year they won the first division title and six seasons on they won the first European Cup and yet six of that 11 that played against Supermax were in the first European Cup side. And what a side included Clements and uh, Emlyn Hughes and Tommy Smith, the Anfield Eye, and KK played in that side, etc. A wonderful, wonderful side. And this side is challenging them to be the best in history. They will press us hard. They will do what Eddie Howard admires so much and wants Newcastle to do, to be super fit, and press relentlessly from the front. You don't start a press on the halfway line or on the edge of the eight, your own 18-yard box. You press high. And they are the masters of that. They're the masters of fitness. They're relentless in their running. They're absolutely relentless. The funny thing is, the dullest I've seen them look recently is when they played Everton in the Merseyside derby. And that's, I mean, their tactics were atrocious, but if you want, you can hardly blame them. They were fighting for their lives. They were negative, they were niggly, they were time-wasting, they were body-checking. But hey, if you go and, and, and either lie down or try to uh, match them, sweet pass for sweet pass, you're going to get well done. And, and in the end, they were comfortably beaten, but they, they frustrated them, and Liverpool didn't look like Liverpool for most of that game. Can Newcastle do it that, that way? I don't think they will try to do it that way because that's not the area way. Mm. Um, Newcastle will, if they keep their organisation, if they keep their enthusiasm and their discipline, and they have done every game this year bar Spurs, then they will give them a real game. We've I'm not saying they'll win, but they'll give them a real game. We've seen in, in, in recent games where Newcastle haven't had a lot of the ball and they've been out of possession for large parts of the game, yet they've created more chances than the opposition. Mm. You look at Leicester and, and Palace, both them sides had much more of the ball, but Newcastle created much more shots on goal. And, you know... I. Like you say, it's all about keeping that organisation and discipline and then maybe just trying to sneak an early goal because if you're frustrating Liverpool, then Newcastle get a goal or a few really hard challenges go in that get the crowd pumping. It, I mean, the, the crowd are going to have a massive role to play on Saturday. Oh, I, they've had a, we are six home wins on the bounce. Fabulous. Last time that was done was 2004 by Bobby Robson. Incidentally... 
another number nine legend in that side that went six on the bounce. I'm talking about Supermax debut against the great Liverpool side and thinking of Liverpool. When they won six on the bounce the last time, which they've done this time, Alan Shearer was the centre-forward. So uh, in, it's rather significant that two of our legends were in those two games. Um, yes, it's... I mean, it's no good kidding ourselves. This is a, a fabulous... I love watching Liverpool. I won't love watching them on Saturday because I'll be watching Newcastle United and with a heart pumping and I hope Liverpool are absolutely hopeless and we sneak it 1-0. But um, they're a wonderful side to watch. They, they, they are what I want Newcastle to be, the way they play. And they're an attacking side. As I say, they've got five forwards and that's without the midfield, Thiago and Henderson, and full-backs who are the best wingers in the Premier League. Their two fullbacks are the best wingers in the Premier League. So uh, they play it the way we would wish to play it in the future. You mentioned there the fullbacks. I, I'm really hoping this is a game where we see the best of Alan St. Marks and where he looks at Liverpool and, and, and kind of says what, you, what you've said there. This is where I want Newcastle United to go. He's spoken in the last week or so and he's clearly very excited about the future at Newcastle United and obviously he will probably play a big part of that. But it's these kind of games where he can really be the difference. The flip side of that is, if he doesn't put in the hard yards, oh, if, if he doesn't put in the hard goal. yards, the full-backs yeah. will be off his shoulder but, and away down Exactly, the but let's remain positive. And let's, cause I, I, you know, I think he's just, he, he could very well be the difference in going up against these these players, whether it is uh, Trent or whether it is Robinson on the other side. You know, he's going to, I think he will look at that and go, Do you know, I'm going to prove not just to Newcastle fans, not just to Liverpool, but it, it's a global stage on Saturday. You know, this is a game that could very well tip the the Premier League title in the favour of Manchester City if Newcastle beat Liverpool. So it's going to be a massive global audience, and you just have to hope someone like St. Maximum, with a bit of an ego, looks at this game and goes, "Right, this is my stage. Here's what I can do." Well, I think he, he should want to do that, Andrew. Now, regardless of the opposition, and one of the reasons why, if we go back a year or whenever to the Ashley, Steve Bruce side, he was our top dog. He was our only dog. He was the, the man the fans loved and we all loved because he gave us a little bit of hope when we had no hope. He has now been outshone by Bruno. He is probably number two in the pecking order of popularity or maybe number three, it's, it's all a matter of opinion, but number one is definitely Bruno. And that should inspire him to say, hey, I like being number one. I'm going to be number one. I'm going to be up there again with him and I've got these skills. And he's coming up to an age where the impact has got to be made. And he's coming up to the age where the penny has to drop. I mean, he's got so much blistering talent and, and so much ability and that will always stay with him. But what happens in the next two years will decide whether he becomes Hatton Ben Arthur, who was revered but was the man that could have been so much better, or whether he go? He says that he wants to win the Ballon d'Or. Well, if he wants to win the Ballon d'Or in his, in his life, and he's got plenty of time, the penny's got to drop. The final pass and the, fa the finish is is got to improve. And this is the time to step up, and it's the time to step up because so much hope surrounding Newcastle now, and there's so many decent performers around now and um, 
you know, and, and it's up to him now to go out. And you're quite right. If if you need a stage, if you want a stage, the next two matches are a stage because everybody's going to be watching Liverpool and Manchester City because it's a dog-eats-dog dog for the title. Let's talk about Jurgen Klopp then. Not very happy that he's not this game. What a shame. A few days after the Villarreal Champions League semi-final, the did go to the Premier League and try to get the game moved. Yep. Like you say, terrible shame for oh, Jürgen, isn't it? I, I'm decimated from life. Must be really tough for Jürgen at the moment. He must, uh, he's only in four competitions and there's only four to start the season. It's the end of the season and he's still in all four. I mean, it must be desperate. He must be depressed to hell. Like, you know, uh, he's got enough going for him. He's got enough good players. He's got enough good players. His bench could beat most first teams. In the Premier League, the exceptions, Man City, etc., etc. But his bench, I mean, you know, we've just named, there's five forwards there that are phenomenal. What are the, the outside of Manchester City, what are the club could keep five happy hmm. for a start, never mind anything you, else? Do you think that's more him just looking for the tiniest of advantages? He's not actually fearful that the quick turnaround is really going to impact his team because no, they are so I, fit I, I, and they I, are so good. I think you've got to flex your muscles because, and he's always aware that once you get this close, people expect you to win four, or they'll settle for three. But if you if you just stuck with the one you've already got or or, or one other two out of four, he hasn't he been putting out the quotes? Will only be remembered as a great side if we win these extra trophies, and he, he's putting it out there both for the players and for the fans and for the historians to say, you know, everything's not costing in our favour. I'm looking at, obviously, this game and then the Man City game, and, of course, we'll have a, a preview to that when that one mm. comes around. Mm. But I just feel it would be very Newcastle United to to have a big say in the way this season ends at the top of the table. The way Newcastle have turned their season around, you know, nobody survived after not winning in their first 14 games, being bottom going into, what was it, November, December time. Here we are, ninth, you know, another three points is possible on, on Saturday there's a wave of optimism why not and I just feel everything that's happened in the last six seven months it'd be so Newcastle United to go out and well, get I hope six so. points and, and really have an impact I hope so um, and yes it can happen we all remember it's only three or four seasons ago when Man City come up here Aguero give them a lead inside a minute and I'm thinking oh, oh, yeah, we're dear, oh dear oh dear oh dear do we need this Final score, 2-1 to Newcastle. Matt Ritchie scored a penalty. Half that team are still with us now. Dubrovka, Lascelles, Shaw. They all played in that game when we beat Man City. And that season, Man City won the title. It, they didn't miss out. They won the title. If we go back to the year when um, Liverpool won uh, the Champions League under Rafa, the famous uh, Gerard Way pulled him through on the no this the, the, is the where, one, yeah, sorry, where yeah. he pulled him through by the scruff of the neck and, and the one on penalties after being three down at half time uh, we beat that Liverpool side uh, so in the one the Champions League so we have upset the two apple courts in the past and everybody's saying you know Newcastle have a great say in what happens to the championship they only have a great influence on the championship if they beat one of them if they lose both those games, we haven't influenced the championship at all because they've won. Both sides have won. Um, to influence the championship, one of them has got to come a cropper against us or at least drop some points in a draw. The capability is there. 
But I think, you know, and I'm not being Mr. Pessimistic because I'm absolutely elated that we can talk about Newcastle winning in the next two games and can talk about them being ninth top, which is absolutely unbelievable where we came from. But these are this Manchester City side and this Liverpool side, as good as any of their sides that I've seen mm. recently, they are exceptional. And we must bear that in mind. And if Newcastle lost both of them, but lost with dignity and given both a game, I'll yeah, be yeah. well happy, man. I think I'll be well happy because that'll have done us proud. Yeah, I just don't want to Spurs. <laughs> That's you know. Let's not do that. But but yeah, these two teams are exceptional. But we will put them into a fight, and we for an hour and a half. If they get anything, they'll have to graft for it. Because mm. when you look at these two fixtures, if you were looking at them back in January, December, you're thinking, well... Oh, dear me, it's how many. Running, yeah, the running's tough. It's how many, isn't it? But the running's still tough. It is still tough, but there's but Newcastle are safe. They're ninth in the league. And, you know, it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a good opportunity to really enjoy the day on, on Saturday and, and to think about the future. You know, this, this team coming, this Liverpool team here at St. Jim's Park, as you say is the benchmark to where Newcastle United oh, want to be. absolutely. But as we've mentioned, the refreshing thing is, is while the fans will enjoy it in the stands, you know for a fact that Eddie Howe will not allow his team to drop the standards that they've set and he'll be wanting to go out and grab the headlines, which is which is brilliant to see. Um, in terms of the start 11, he made four changes mm. against Norwich. It looked like he was experimenting somewhat, you know, with sometimes it was St. Maximum up top, then it was Joe Linson and, and, and what have you. Uh, Lascelles came in, Murphy came in, Willick came in. What does he do against Liverpool? Does he go back to what many people think will be his strongest side? So you repartner share and and burn, uh, and and does he or, or does he go to maybe five at the back and try and stem Liverpool that way? No, he he is the second most successful side in 2022. Go back to what made you that. Go back to the team and the tactical side that have produced 32 points for us. There's no need to experiment. If we go to five, we're hoisting up a flag saying we've got a little bit of panic on here, Liverpool. No. We've played very, very well with the four. We've gone to Chelsea and only lost by a goal, etc., etc. We've beaten some half-decent sides up here recently. I would go back to the team and the formation that he had before Norwich. I think he was right to spread the load against Norwich because we looked leggy late in the game, the, the midweek game when we won. We looked leggy towards the end. You know, we were at the stage where we were whacking the ball out of the box, our own box and it was coming straight back. That was understandable. We were leggy and therefore he made the changes. And what was wonderful, you couldn't see the joints. Because we we kept the same system and we played it very, very well. But you wouldn't go without an orthodox centre-forward against Liverpool. You wouldn't go without Shaw, who's been wonderful alongside Burton. Um, you wouldn't go without Joe Linton in the middle of the field doing his Patrick Vieira impersonation. Um, you know, you would go back, I would, to the tried and trusted and I would go back in the main to the side that's got us where we are rather than um, experiment I certainly wouldn't go to five 
Mm. So um, I would stick with the four and the midfield because you know Bruno can dig in that midfield, etc., etc. Just in front of the back four. So you got uh, the Bravka, Kraft, Share, Burn, Target, Bruno, Shelby, Julinson, Maxi, Miggy. Sorry, Miggy. Would you? you bring yes, him I think in? I would go with Miggy. The last time he played the St James's Park, he scored a world class goal. He did indeed, and then Chris Wood back up top because that's all we've got. I asked uh, Aaron Stokes this the other day because obviously Dwight Gale is still there and thereabouts, but the fact that he wasn't given a Well, a I mean, start, they had four and he couldn't get in that side at yeah. Norwich. I, that's what I mean, I couldn't... Yeah, what, I do mean, I, what does it say? I mean, we know that he's, he's going to go in the summer, but... They, they played... They started with Joe Linton at centre-forward, which he's uh, proved timing again is not his best position. And then, after about half an hour, they switch him out to the left where he was much better and where he scored uh, two goals wonderful, good for him, and put some maximum to him. So if you're Gale sitting there, and, and the, you rest Wood, and you then play two of the people at centre-forward during the match, and not one of them's you, you know where your future is elsewhere. Mm. Um, yeah, definitely. No, I mean, no he, he won't even come into the... Th what, a match like Liverpool, a match like Man City, when he can't play it now, he can't start it now. It's not a cat and hope, no chance. Just before then, I get you to predict how this one's going to go. We'll just have a, a quick chat about Newcastle United's women's team. They're going to make their debut at St James's Park, John, against yep. Annick Ladies on Sunday, two p.m. kickoff. If my memory serves me right, yes, it is yep. just three pound for adults, free for juniors. You get your tickets by rocking up and going through the turnstiles. Tremendous, you know, they're aiming for maybe yep. thirty thousand people through the doors. War flags are going to be there. Food it's wonderful. Gonna be there. It's absolutely terrific. It's long overdue that we recognise the women's side. Newcastle United, I mean, being the way. Uh, long overdue. Uh, it's wonderful to see Amanda and the rest of the board sort of looking towards the future. And this isn't going to be sort of a one-off. They're going to have backing from the club and be accepted into the 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 bosom of the club, if you like. Uh, that's terrific, and it should be that way because women's football has come on to such an extent. It, it's untrue. Um, it really, really is, and it's exciting in England are very successful uh, as a national team. And we have produced so many players up here, like Houghton and Lucy Bronze, and we've been in uh, a, a lot. I mean, Keith Nobbs, who played for me at Gateshead, his daughter is... Uh, one of the is in England international, etc., etc. Wonderful stuff, wonderful stuff. Yeah, it, it's a great occasion. I would urge Geordies to lend full support, and I'm certain they will because they're football deaf. And um, nice to see. I hope the girls aren't overawed by the occasion with a huge crowd in St James's Park and, and go the exact opposite way and embrace it and enjoy it and go out and play their stuff. But regardless, it is a massive step in the right direction and good for them and well done the club for, for doing this and recognising the situation. Because Newcastle United, it's about everything, isn't it? It's the family. It's about the first team and the first team results, of course it is. But, it, but it's about the training ground, it's about the women's team, it's about so many other things. The community. Part, totally, it's part of the Newcastle United family. And in fairness to it, the new owners are embracing everything. It all takes time. There's so much work 
for them to do. They could do with 48 hours and every day. Um, but yes, a step in the right direction. Yeah, so there you have it. They'll play Annick Town Ladies. 2pm kickoff on Sunday at St James's Park. £3 for adults, free for juniors. Cash turnstiles will be in operation. The food bank will be there on Saturday and Sunday as well. So we do have a few spare pennies. Do drop them a donation as well. And fitting as well, John. It's another kind of northeast side as well that's going to get the chance to play. Cause I th- yes, I, I think that is of great significance because it, it wasn't going to be like that originally. But it, it, because it'll mean as much for the Yannick team Definitely. as for the Newcastle United team. And when I saw that it was new opponent and it was Yannick, I thought, oh, that is terrific because... Uh, both twenty, the whole twenty-two plus the subs are going to love the day. Yeah, um, remember it for the rest of the lives, abso- aren't they? Absolutely. So th- that completes the picture totally. Totally. I'm very, very much looking forward to that, and hopefully it'll come on the back of a win for Newcastle United. I'm going to go out <laughs> on a limb and say, do you know what? Newcastle are going to beat Liverpool on Saturday. Well, that's your prerogative to do that. Are you going to agree? No, I'm going to agree with you that that's what I want. But I'm not going to agree with you that's going to happen. I'm, no, Liverpool will win. Do you think the fact that it is so close at the top and no one can afford to slip up, especially Liverpool? Well, that, that, doesn't, that kills us to a certain extent because Liverpool can't afford to showboat here. So th- and we in Man City can't afford to showboat when we go down and, there. And you've seen, and I never arrived, but I'm assuming you, like me, have not seen any signs that Liverpool are cracking. No sign whatsoever. That is what is wrong with this game. There is absolutely no sign whatsoever. I mean, them in Manchester City, let's be truthful, are streets ahead of anybody else. The streets ahead. At this moment, Chelsea in third place are European champions, although they're out this season, but they're holding a trophy, and they're world club champions. They're nowhere near the other two sides. And of course, neither are Arsenal, Spurs, in every way, every step down, you go beyond that. No. Um, and the point is, you can often see cracks in sides, can't you? You can often look at a side and say, yeah. Or, you, or you, you look at a side like you look at Fulham, who were running away with it, with Mitrovic, 40 goals, and then they've started losing recently, yeah, because they're showboat and they're there. And you, you can see it happen. These two sides on. And. If it was only Liverpool could only get second because it, there was eight points in it or seven points in it, you'd, yeah, they've got they've got a chance because they'll be thinking if the Champions League gets it, they can win this the league. Man City can win the league. They know that one slip up, and a slip up's a draw for either of those sides. One slip up and that title's gone, whether you're Man City or Liverpool. Now you're going to have to take the teeth out with a pair of pliers to to overcome that. And and they they, they have got quality all over the park. If, if you say to me, where's the weakness? I'll say to you, I don't know. If you're talking about Liverpool or you're talking about uh, Manchester City, if you're talking about Newcastle, I know where the weakness is because I know they'll improve it in the summer and I know where they want, they want to improve. Not that I'm going to discuss that before we play Liverpool because we're not talking about weaknesses, we're talking about strengths. But no, I've got to be realistic and also I wish to be realistic because we've gone to ninth. We've won six games on the trot at home. We've gone to ninth. Now, 
often at this side stage of the season, if you've got the bit between your teeth like Newcastle and you're coming out of a relegation fight, you can get stuck into the sides now that have got nothing to play for and they'll stack their hand after 20 minutes if you're rattling their cage and in the, hey, hey, if you want it that badly, you can have it. What have we got to the end of the season? We've got Liverpool who can do the quadruple. We've got Manchester City who are top by a point and want to win the league as well as the Champions League. You've got Arsenal desperate to make the Champions League fourth spot. And you've got Burnley who might go down or not depending on the result on the last day. And that's us. So every game, every opposition we've got of the last four, there's something massive on it for the opposite for the opposition. It's actually a lot more massive for them than there is for us. There is, but equally we've mentioned this in previous episodes, a lot of these players in this Newcastle United squad are fighting for their futures, even the ones with long contracts. Of course they are. So but that's, I, but that's the I'm motivation. Saying, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yes. And we will be up for it in all four games. We will be up for it. But what I'm trying to do is produce a dash of realism that if we don't get the results we want against Liverpool, Man City and Arsenal, we don't say, oh, the season's petered out. Hey, it's not so good as it was. Now. Because it hasn't. The season, regardless of the result in the last four games, this second half of the season has been exactly. absolutely Just outstanding. to be in the stage oh, where we, we oh, can look oh, at these games oh, and say it. But holding on to nine's tough, Andrew. Hmm. Hmm. Holding but on to nine's be... tough because there's teams behind us with games in hand yeah. and better fixture list than we've got. Yeah. But we will not lie down in any game and we will compete in every game and I'm not saying that we won't take the eyes out of Arsenal and take the eyes out of, of Burnley. Not at all. And maybe he's got a draw in one of these two games. But it is tough You can because the opposition, often at this stage of the season, teams have got nothing to play for. Newcastle have because the pride having had the start of the first half of the season and each individual, bar couple, Bruno, etc., are playing for the futures, and so I've got to keep boom to boom to boom. And the crowd are going to make certain they do, and the crowd have been magnificent. But let's keep a sense of realism and let's not get after the Arsenal game talking about the last game of the season and saying, Well, wasn't it magnificent? But it's a shame we tape it off. No, it's not a shame. No, you haven't taped it off. You've played exceptional opposition, mm. um, and Newcastle will fight till the last drop there's no question about that I just don't want and I still don't know why the heck it come I just don't want a Spurs day again yeah total class so fingers crossed it won't be like that like you no, said I'm I, I don't think it will by the way Newcastle I don't think to win so I'm, I'm good for you I'm right. good for you I'm going to take Liverpool to win <laughs> but I hope to death that you're right and I'm wrong you can head over to chroniclelive.co.uk to keep a date with all the latest Newcastle United news and just before uh, I sign off just a, a, a reminder to the, the play that the Food Bank put out earlier this week to any Newcastle United fans who are at St. James Park on Saturday who think it is a good idea to sing chants aimed at the Liverpool fans about poverty and, and hunger. Just don't do it. It's you know it's it's pointless. It's offensive. It's bad manners. It's not needed. It's out of order. Uh, you know the Scousers have really helped support the Newcastle fans. Food Bank majorities have done. The same for Liverpool food banks down in the city of Merseyside. So, yeah, just don't do it. If you see, hear anybody doing it, 
you know, maybe just explain to them that it's not on and, you know, we all should be united as one against poverty, John. I think that's the message oh, we need to get out. Without, without a shadow of doubt, we all united now. That's a wonderful thing. Newcastle are united within the, the fans, the team, the management and Darius. And we should be uh, against poverty. We should be against racism. The things stand out. We shouldn't even have to say it, but we have to keep reminding people from time to time. Yeah, unfortunately so, John. But fingers crossed the play that was put out isn't needed and everyone has a brilliant time on Saturday and on Sunday, as we've mentioned there, with the NUFC women's side heading up to St. James Park. Fingers crossed for maximum points this weekend. This has been Everything is Black and White podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. Please remember to like and follow the podcast through your podcast provider and enjoy the rest of your week.